Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode, I believe, 41. Was last week 40? 41? Yeah, last week was 40. This is 41. 41 of That's What People Do. We're really powering through now. I remember when we got to 12 and we were like, 12 is where you need to get to. Yeah, when we like... hit when we hit double digits, we were so excited to have double digits. Yeah, and now look at us. Fucking 41. We'll be on 100 soon. Aye, we're not far off. So if you remember last week, we spoke about... Uh, Mr. Kellogg and how he shoved yogurt at people's asses and oh, gave us cornflakes. It was a roller coaster. That oh, I love that story so much. And I love that he just thought food could give you a boner. And if it did, he'd cut your dick off. When when I was editing it, I was I was laughing. I thought it was one of our funnier episodes. <laughs> it was fun to do. Um... <clears throat> um, this week probably won't be as fun. It'll be, fun, I think, very interesting, though. Uh, it's quite a modern story if you remember i mentioned at the end of last week it's the story of amanda knox and her trial Mm. and everything that followed the murder of meredith kircher in italy i didn't know i i'm aware of the name amanda knox i knew of her name growing up but i had no idea how big this story actually was at the time this was like no neither did i which is mad because we would have been uh, at an age where we would have been like be able to take information in yeah. What we probably you... didn't give a shit. 2007. It was, was in it 2007. Not? That's right. Yeah. Uh, 2007. So I, I, was, was... I was 12. Okay, that would make me 13. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, How I guess. old am I now? I'm 26. And it's 2020. Uh, what, yeah, yeah 13. Born? Yeah, 13. Yeah, that's 13. right. Yeah, I was 12. 12 or 11. It mm. depends whether it's. It was first of. I would have been tw- yeah, hundred percent twelve, hundred percent twelve, because it was on first of Dece- uh, November. I felt this is like um in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, one of those questions like, "What is your favorite color? What is your age?" <laughs> Blue, no, green. 
how old are you? Um, 13. No. <laughs> I honestly forget these days. I still think I'm like 20. Oh, it's it's like it's the a couple of days and weeks just after a birthday and it takes a little while to get used to it. And like if someone asks you how old yeah. you are and you think you're the year previous, but obviously you're not anymore. Yeah, I just it's just a number in it. Mm. Anyway, so this episode um might be a little bit different. Usually it's one person telling the the tale and the other one reacting as they see fit. This one we both watched documentary on Netflix. Uh, which yeah, I'd Amanda highly Knox. recommend. Just type in Amanda Knox into the search bar and it comes up. Very well put together documentary. It is. It's got a very good narrative. Um, yeah, this episode yeah. would be very much like our uh, Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy the third episode. Yeah, which I liked. I think it's very good when we both come at it with knowledge. Mm. Yeah, so we've both watched it. And also I love watching a documentary. So. Oh, yeah. I was like... James is like, oh, there's a documentary you can watch if you want to watch it for the next week's episode. I was like, absolutely, lootly. So I watched that. It's good, really good. Check it out. Yeah, a lot of it's in Italian, so you have to be focusing. You can't be on your phone at the same time. Mm. So, shall but, yeah. where should we anyway, start? We, I think we should start with... Let me just get my notes up. I haven't even got my notes up. Mm. It's a good start. It is a very good start. <laughs> so I think we should start with the, with the basic facts. Okay. Because I think this episode is going to be more of a discussion. So... Amanda Knox moved to Perugia, Italy in 2007 on a year exchange from Seattle in America, where she was born and mm. raised. Um, she moved there and she moved into a flat with an English girl called Meredith Kircher, who was also on an exchange program. And they were friends for, I think, five weeks before the murder. Was that right? Uh, a week, A week before the murder... Amanda Knox, met, this is where Italian names get involved, so if we have any Italian listeners, very sorry. Raphael Solito. Solicito. I'm going to call him Raphael for the remainder of the, the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, he, he met her, and they met each other five days before the murder of Meredith Kircher. Right. And a little bit of background of Raphael, he was a loner, he'd never had a girlfriend before, he was a big, just think computer geek, he described himself as that... He was like, why would you have a girlfriend when you could have a PlayStation? That's literally his word. And a Sega Mega Drive, he so, said, which I actually owned as a child. Yeah. I, I was a PlayStation guy, so mm. we could both relate. So Amanda was his first, dare I say, girlfriend. Can you be boyfriend-girlfriend after five days? I'm not sure. But, yeah, so they met and they hit it off. They were very passionate lovers. They were very open about their sexual relationship with each other. Yeah. They were just like they, were like they were like um two randy teenagers that just can't keep their hands off each other. Literally, literally, and this this comes back later uh, with the trial of Amanda. It, it's something quite upsetting the way they described her. Yeah, but yeah, they they they, they were really into each other. And on the first of November two thousand and seven, Meredith Kircher was murdered in Amanda and Meredith's flat. Uh, Amanda discovered the body on the 2nd of November and called in to the police. And naturally, Amanda was a prime suspect. Well, yeah, she lives in the place. That makes sense. So so that's the kind of all the before facts yeah, that's needed. Yeah, so like Amanda was um, a bit... She was 20. She was a bit out there, wasn't she? She's like quite an uh, over-the-top bubbly personality yeah, very she, loud flamboyant very bubbly um and it, i think in the documentary she says how she 
just wanted to just try something completely different and try and reinvent herself almost. And then that's when she went to Italy, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, I didn't, yeah, she looked like a really happy-go-lucky person. Yeah, I didn't realize. Very smiley. Um, I didn't. I didn't. Mm, I didn't quite in the documentary get a sense of the how long she'd been there for at that point. So like, I couldn't get how long she'd been in Italy for because obviously she knew Raphael for literally five days. But like, yeah, really not long. She knew Meredith for weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hadn't really had that sense. But then obviously, I suppose that she had got a job as well, so she's been there a couple of weeks, I suppose. Um, but yeah, her and yeah, Meredith so seem to have gotten quite well, right? Yeah, they, they, I think she described Meredith as they weren't, like, best friends, but they were just, like, friends of circumstance. They lived together and they got on. Yeah, like like uni flatmates and stuff. You just you get on because yeah, you live li- together. Yeah, literally that. Yeah, literally that. But no, there was no hard feelings between them, so mm. so Amanda says. Okay. Um, yeah, so... I don't know how we're going to do this. You've got notes going almost chronologically throughout this documentary. Yeah, it's chronological through the documentary. One of my first notes, and it's really funny, is about the main journalist that they interviewed. Oh, that's my first note. What absolute... I'm going to put it out there. Prick. Yeah, my first note is Nick Pisa equals dickhead. Oh, I'm so glad you agree with that. The the overriding sense of that just arsehole. As soon as I finished this documentary, I came downstairs and I spoke to Emma about it, and I was like, this guy is a piece of shit. He, he all the all the time it was like my name was on the front page. It was all about me, like my story. Honest, it's like someone died, and we're looking at two young people potentially losing their life in jail as well. And you're worried about your name on a doc, uh, fucking newspaper. I'm so glad you said that. My first note is literally, and I quote: "Journalist getting off on his name being on front page." I've never looked at the journo's name. Like I yeah, have never, literally. never when I see a front page on a newspaper, do I go, "Oh, who wrote that?" I don't care about who wrote yeah, it. Never. I do not give a shit. So, like this journalist bloke, Nick Pisa, is literally just like, "Oh, it's it, 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 I liken it to like sex to seeing your your name on the front page." And I was like, "No mm. one reads your fucking name on the front page. They see your headline, and that is it." Yeah, and the headlines he put out throughout this entire process were vile. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Um, our podcast is somewhat like it but he says like you know oh, we all love a murder it's like a bit of intrigue bit of mystery da, 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 da. like i get it but like i don't know it just sounds bad when it came from his mouth he loved it from like a personal game point of view he didn't give a fuck that people had died or someone had died yeah yeah and also he um, worked for the daily mail at the time which is bad and i looked him up now and he now works for the sun so that just says everything oh is it and if, you, if you're American, yeah. you don't know what the sun is. It's just the scummiest newspaper. Really oh, it's bad. awful. It, it's it's that bad that some parts of the country don't sell it. Yeah, Liverpool refused. They completely boycotted it. Fair play mm, to them. They, they're full point. Full um, what is it? There? We have the, obviously the World, is it the World Cup or it was the Euros that's going to be around uh, Europe. And they said to Anfield, which is where Liverpool Football Club play, and they were like, um, we can play World Cup or European football there. Um, but you have to start selling the Sun newspaper. And they went, well, we're not going to play football here then because we're not going to sell the newspaper. It's a load yeah. of shit. It was after what they did with Hillsborough. Mm. Um, well, my next note, this is just off, like, uh, it's just an observation. I really think that um, Meredith's mother looks a bit like Diane Abbott. That's weird. I didn't make that connection. No, I mean, I mean that's just a me thing. But feel free to look it up, and definitely she does. It's not relevant, but it's something I pointed out, so I had to write it down. Fair. I did not make that connection. Um, so go on, then. what other things have we got? 
So uh, we then, obviously, the murder happened, the police get called, and the lead prosecutor is a man called, again, Italian name, Guiliano Mignini. I think I did that right. Yeah. He's yeah. the lead prosecutor, and again, I'm going to put my opinions out there. He was not good. Oh, I mean, I've got down here for him. Um, the investigator, Giuliano, likens himself to Sherlock Holmes because Holmes can find clues from, quote, seemingly insignificant events. Yeah. Holmes is a fictional character. Literally. Our guy can't find, he can't just find clues out of nowhere, but he definitely tries. Yeah, that that's the that's what really came back to comes back to bite him, isn't it? He uh I think he was he straight away thought Amanda did it and he based his entire investigation around the fact that Amanda did it. Yeah, he thinks he's Sherlock Holmes. Like he, he even says he's like, Oh, I love detective programmes and stuff and it's like, Yeah, so do we all. We all have a, like a murder mystery. It doesn't mean we can all solve a, a murder. Exactly by just that. looking at the, someone. The second he said, oh, I love, uh, I always wanted to be a detective, I love detective films, I was like, that's a red flag. Because Absolutely. As you said, we all fucking love a detective film, but I didn't watch Knives Out and then suddenly think I could be Daniel Craig. No, exactly, yeah. I don't watch Poirot and then think I can walk into a room and then just start pointing at everyone and saying what their motive was. I can't do that. You need exactly. evidence, you need facts. And yet he's just like, I love Sherlock Holmes, I could be Sherlock Holmes. And also... Can we just point out, you know Sherlock Holmes is rather famous for smoking a pipe, right? Yeah, yeah. At the end, towards the trial for Amanda, the first trial, he's seen outside with hundreds of reporters and cameras all looking at him, and what's he smoking? He's smoking a pipe, just he like Sherlock 100% Holmes. 100% wanted that picture taken. Absolutely. He staged that whole thing to make himself look better, that whole fucking thing. And he was even getting off on it. He even said in the documentary, it's like, I've got loads of people coming up to me, shaking my hand, asking me how I am, they know my name, blah, blah, blah. He absolutely loved it. Yeah. I think I think because of the size of the town, I think it's got a population of about 150,000. Mm. I, I think these cases are quite rare. Mm. And because of the media frenzy that it caused... I have took this note because of the media frenzy that it caused. They rushed things and they wanted to get an answer quickly for the media. Well, the, the police said in their press conference, "You wanted us to solve it quick, and we did." Yeah, it's like, well, did you? Yeah, they've gone. Oh, we basically what almost like what they've done there is um, a bit like what. Although I'm a bit hazy on making this link but what the Praia de Luz police in Portugal did to the McCanns. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. We think about things the same way. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> it was this massive case and the first police investigators that are on the scene were shit. Yeah. Yeah, they were awful. Which obviously bites them in the arse later on, which we will get onto. But um, mm, yeah. yeah, it was like it's a small, small town police force who probably don't deal with this sort of attention which makes you wonder, how many other crimes have they fucked up in the past that they've not had the media scrutiny on that they've just got away with? Exactly, because I won't lie to you, I've never heard, never heard of Perugia before this. I don't know. No, no know me neither. I believe it's in the middle of Italy, like landlocked, I assume. It looks really... It's like one of those idyllic Italian towns that you can just picture. Yeah, like it's just still in time, isn't it? Yeah, really nice. But See. So obviously... Um, Amanda and Raphael were suspected at the crime scene when they were there the day or a couple of days after they were seen kissing and the main investigator thought their behaviour with each other was strange the fact they were kind of taking it all quite 
light-heartedly. He said that Amanda was doing cartwheels, which we didn't see, so we'll have to just accept maybe yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where cartwheels came from. Yeah, but he suspected her based off her behaviour. Well, but she was a fun, bubbly girl. Maybe that's just her defence mechanism. Yeah, yeah. I, there are people who, in stressful situations, act weirdly. Like, you know, those who laugh in, at funerals? Yeah, for sure. I'm one of She's them. She's definitely I, one I of them. I hate situations like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to do it when I, when, I was, when I was a child and I used to get told off, I laughed. And, you know, like yeah. I, I think quite a few kids do that. And they go, do you think this is funny? And you're like, no, it's not funny. I just cannot help but laugh in this situation for some reason. It's like yeah, a defence mechanism. mechanism. Yeah. Um, going on the weird behaviour, um, can I go back just a little bit to the day that Meredith is found? Because... Okay. Oh, Amanda going into the apartment. Yes. Amanda mm. describes her morning... Or is it the evening uh, that she's found? I can't remember which one it was. It's the more the next morning because Amanda's story is she is at she wasn't in the apartment when it no, happened. No, that's right. She she's at Raphael's, Raphael's, isn't she? So she's at Raphael's. She's reading Harry Potter in German for some reason. She's staring into Raphael's face, pulling funny faces, which then makes them have sex. Um, yeah. which the whole thing is just a bit like it is like are you fifteen? Um, yeah. Uh, and then so yes, and the next morning. Amanda goes back to their apartment villa. She notices one: the front door is open. Apparently, that's not a red flag. Um, no, she walks in. Just walks in. She's like, "Oh, okay, the front door's open. Maybe, may, may uh, give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she thinks, um, I don't know, uh, the flatmates left it open, or the flatmates just round the corner, or something like that. I don't yeah. know." So she goes in. We can, we can sort of maybe forgive that. She's like looking around, going, "Well, everything looks the same." Nothing's changed. Okay. So then what? She she checks her bedroom. That's fine. Nothing's changed. And then she decides to go to the bathroom and she finds specks of blood on the sink. Now, again, no red flags here, but she's like, okay, there's blood here. Never mind. Which makes me think... I I did kind of get her in that, though, because if I saw a couple of specks of blood in the sink i'd think oh someone's had a shaving injury like that's immediately the thought that would come to my mind yeah maybe um although i mean for a bloke i can understand that but i don't know do girls do, do girls whack their shave leg up on the, the sink, sink and I, shave their leg i don't know. i don't think i think they generally do it in the bath know. or shower maybe, right maybe she had a cut or something and she was just running a finger under a tap i like yeah who knows? yeah could be that i mean even bleeding gums she could have had bleedy gums i don't know when she's brushing yeah. her teeth it could be that so all right we can forgive that one as well because she brought she blasted over that and then decided um i'll go and have a shower now and as she turned to, well she then went had a shower and then she said as she got out of the shower she noticed there was a blood a bloody footprint or if it wasn't a footprint, it was just blood that somewhat looked like a footprint on the uh, documentary to me. She then found blood on the bath mat outside the shower. And that was quite a substantial amount. Quite a substantial amount. And this is a very light blue bath mat that's got dark red blood all over it. And she doesn't notice it until she gets out of the shower. Yeah. Again, it's weird. But again, I can kind of see maybe she's in just autopilot she's had a night of having sex she hasn't slept she just wants to get have a shower and go for a nap and she's just really not observant and as she steps out she's at the correct angle to look down because mm. as i get out of the shower i look down to make sure i don't slip yeah well i would be with you then but then at that point 
that's still not a red flag for her. She goes, oh, there's blood on the floor. Oh, well. Again, she doesn't like get, start to panic or worry or anything like that at that point either, does she? No, she she. I think her suspicions are raised, but she kind of accepts it. Yeah. So then she comes out, and then it's at that point I believe she then she starts calling for Meredith, right? Uh, no, she finds the feces in the toilet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've completely forgotten about that. Which is that... fucking vile. Right. So my my uh, notes here are: missed the blood on the bath mat, the poo. As she put, gave her the creeps. That's what she said. She went, that gave me the creeps. Not the blood. I'd be weirded out as well. Yeah, not the blood, not the door being open, but the poo. <laughs> she yeah. Sat, yeah. Someone's taken a dump in... And just left it. And just left it there. And also, I don't know, Did we see, We actually saw pictures, right? It, it, it's not a small one. Like It's a big no, fucking... No, it up the back of the toilet. It's horrible. <laughs> it's like a foot-long damn thing, right? It was big. Yeah. This monster of a shit. Um, yeah, I suppose if your flatmate has never like taken a dump before and left it, and you just now had to deal with that, and now it's there, you'd be a bit like, um, okay, that's a bit weird, yeah, that's a bit uncomfortable. Why did you do that? But that's what raised her suspicions. Was like, oh, Meredith doesn't shit like that. I don't know. But then she was like, okay, I need to need to look for Meredith, and that's when she notices yeah. that Meredith's door is shut, and she's knocking on the door, and she's not getting a response, and it's clearly locked from the inside, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then she calls Raphael over to mm. have a go. Yeah, she calls it. She calls over her weedy little IT boyfriend. And she's like, "Can you try to kick the door yeah. down?" And he can't. He can't kick the door down, and that's when they call the police. Yeah, and also what that police phone call was hilarious. How easy that police just come over, which obviously makes you believe, oh yeah, yeah, small town doesn't get much happening because he just went, um, "The door is shut. <laughs> the door is shut, and I can't open it. Can you come over?" And they're like, "Yeah, we'll send a car." Yeah, maybe we only caught half the conversation, maybe. Oh, almost. She described the blood and the shit. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and then the police come, and then we've already spoken briefly about Giuliano. Um, Yeah, he turns up. But, yeah, he comes out and says how immediately he could tell it was staged, uh, a staged break-in, right? I don't know how. There's no evidence other than that. It, quotes, it could have no other function than this. What do you mean it could have no other function than this being a staged break-in? I don't understand that. No, he... One thing that was interesting, because we see pictures of the crime scene and we see uh, Meredith's body covered and her foot sticking out and she's covered in... There's a lot of blood in the room, like a shit ton of blood. Mm, Yeah, well, she's had her throat sliced, hasn't she? She's covered... Yeah, really deep cut. And her body is covered in uh, a duvet. And the Giuliano says... Only a woman covers another woman's body. A man wouldn't think to do that. Yeah. Which I thought, yeah, I kind of get. Like, I, I can see how that works logically, but also maybe a man did cover her body. Yeah, exactly. You can't just immediately say that, oh, it must be a woman because her body is covered. Yeah, it's the equivalent of just saying, well, a man couldn't have murdered this person because it was poison. And as we all know, poison is a woman's weapon. It's like, that's definitely not mm. real. Yeah, so I understood his logic, but it was like you can't just make that sweeping statement and then go, well, therefore must be Amanda. Exactly. So he, he, what he can do is with all of his years of experience, however many they may be, he can say, oh, um, from what I've seen in the past, generally women 
tend to cover up the victim men generally tend not to and then you can use that as maybe a way to start looking but you can't then just say oh well only women ever cover up the victim men don't therefore as Amanda you can't do that yeah. that's not right no it, that that's really bad that doesn't make sense mm. no they get uh, arrested and the police take them in for questioning which is where the police get quite nasty Oh, God, yeah. The way they behave to, toward them is awful, considering it doesn't seem to be an innocent until proven guilty over there. Well, for them, it wasn't. No, it was... It, for me, I said here, police became fixated that she was guilty. Police aren't very good. They bully people into saying what they want, physically and verbally abusive. Mm. Small town, cases like this are rare. They wanted to close it quickly and act like they're part of the big time. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely spot on there. Even, like, even down to a wiretapping, they wiretap their phones. I don't know if sure that's allowed. No, I imagine there's some, there is some sort of law against that. Mm, maybe. Um, but then we did hear that phone call between uh, Amanda and her friend, and it was all quite, it was weirdly blasé. Yeah, it was. I mean, she did say how like she'd been feeling really stressed, but maybe she was just using that phone call as a, as a way to maybe cheer herself up, or or even was pretending to her friend, you know, to to not show how bad it actually is. Yeah, because um, I imagine she still thought at this point, well, well I'm innocent, so I'm not going to be found guilty here. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. So it's just like, oh, I've just got to write it out. Like, oh, this sucks. It was my friend that I'd known for like five weeks. This is really not cool, but it is what it is. I've got to write it out, maybe. Um, what I found interesting yeah. was, again, like this whole witch hunt for this, this, this 20-year-old girl, Amanda. Um, when they bring her back to the apartment and they're showing her around looking for like knives in the drawer, Saying, are there any missing? Yeah. And then, as he puts it, she's putting her hands on her head, which means clearly means she's having memories or flashbacks to Meredith's screams, apparently, specifically her screams. Yeah. That's your lead investigator saying that. He's like, oh, it's not not because it's a stressful situation and and, uh, a friend that she's known for five weeks in the same house has just been found murdered. No, 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 no. She's yeah, she's putting her hands on her head because she's clearly hearing the screams of her victim. Mm. Like, which, like, we need to remember that Amanda's twenty. She's really young. Really young, and she's acting like she's third, she's, like she's older than she actually is. And maybe she's been so blasé in the past because she was in shock and seeing all the, like the knives and back in the apartment. Like she said herself, it suddenly hit her. Yeah, yeah. And she just she lost it. Yeah. Which I would as well. Imagine you were in like you were out at a friend's house and you come home and find your flatmate murdered when you could have been there as well. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You just know it's one of those when you go even you know, I, I don't know if you do this, but even if um something like a, maybe a major car accident or something's happened like the day before and you go, Oh my god, I was driving down that road the other day. You know, it's, yeah, it's exactly. like it's 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 a million years away from when that happened, but you go, oh, I was there once. Like it, and now yeah. imagine that is in your house. Yeah, a lot closer to home. Real close to home. So yeah, this is our lead investigator who thinks he's Sherlock Holmes, um, and also very, very godly man. He says it's one of the, like, the first things he says. Oh, he's very like, Catholic. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a Catholic. There's two things I believe, and it's like that I'm a Catholic, and that uh, God gives us free will and stuff like that. It's like, hmm. I think you're reading into things too much, boyo. Like you, you, you yeah. believe too much in good and evil here, rather than just cold hard facts. Oh, 
I completely believe he made up his mind on day one and just refused to change Absolutely. and interpreted every bit of evidence towards Amanda. Absolutely. I mean, we even see later um, on in the episode with the uh, forensic DNA, uh, uh, the outside experts, they're called, who are saying, yeah. you have to let the evidence, the evidence is impartial. You have to just let the evidence say what it says, not make it fit what you yeah. want. Exactly, which is exactly what he did. Mm. Um, so obviously, because it was a big, uh, it turned into a worldwide case. So the her social media would get looked up. Yeah. And it became like her social media, uh, MySpace, MySpace, fucking hell, that's how long ago this was, was uh, Foxy Noxy. Yeah. And that immediately got interpreted as she was quite a sexually active young woman yeah. who liked to sleep yeah. around. That's how the press interpreted Clearly. it, and that was what the headlines were. Yeah. And so the press then put out that this was a sex game gone wrong. That was what everyone thought. Oh. And that's what the headlines were. Some of the headlines are truly awful. Like, yeah, sex game gone wrong. Uh, was it sacrificial orgy? I think I saw as well. Uh, yeah. ritualistic murders they called it between her and Raphael um, that's awful the press using a picture of Amanda with a gun from like years previous yeah. and it's like one she's American so this is not out the ordinary and two this has got nothing to do with the fact that she might have murdered someone it has no relevance and she was clearly at a historical like place yeah. Yeah, that was a quite an it's old, an like, old machine planet. gun from what I believe to be like the first world war like She's clearly exactly. at a museum. And whenever you go around a museum and they let you like go by the cannon stuff, you we, we all take weird pictures with fucking weaponry. Yeah, I mean, God, you can't just not. God forbid I ever get like embroiled up in some scandal such as this because they'll they'll go through my social media, find pictures of when I was an army cadet holding a rifle, and they'll go, "Oh God, he thought he was a soldier and he's trying to do do all this blah blah blah." That's why he killed him. That'd be awful. Yeah, and then even I've got a picture of me on a tank. Doesn't mean I want to drive a tank. <laughs> no, I just get uh, Kim Jong Un from the interview, like playing Katy Perry firework while driving around in a tank. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the press yeah. also then used a picture of Raphael dressed as a uh, a mummy with a hatchet, and yeah. they're like, "Well, yeah. it's clear For these Halloween, two are fucking like... weirdos who are going to murder someone." It's like, have you never had a dress up Halloween party? Exactly. It's the press really were vile human beings as they are in most cases yeah i mean i it's just i'm all for i'm all for like freedom of press and stuff but i my 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 note here i'm literally i've put i'm not sure i'm with the press at all they should only be able to print cold hard facts they created a monster and he's laughing about it as nick pease is literally on the documentary laughing about the fact that he himself has helped to create this narrative that meant that she would spend near four four years in prison uh, when she is innocent exactly. and he's laughing about it and even at the end of the documentary oh he's got the cheek to fucking say um uh, uh what am i supposed to do i suppose i want to get i want to be the first to get the scoop blah 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 so I, I report what i'm told that's what journalists do and it's like well, do you not have a duty of care to check your facts and find out where the fuck your information's coming from. And he, he even says in the documentary, he's like, well, what do you want me to do? Be told and then go, oh, hold on a minute, I need to check myself. And then someone else reports it and gets the scoop. It's like, yes. Like, do you not have any morals? Yeah. Yeah, there was no integrity there whatsoever. Mm-mm. No, not at all. The press were really fucking villainous in this documentary. They really have not helped. No, Nick P's a particular... Now, so then it got to a point where Raphael was called into the police mm. station 
uh, and Amanda went with him, even though she wasn't asked to come. She went with him and sat in another room. And Raphael was kept in there for what he says was hours, and they would repeat the same question over and over. They would, like, hit him. They would be verbally abusive to him. And eventually, he changed his story. Yeah. To make it... He said that he was at home that night, but Amanda wasn't with him. She was gone for a few yeah. hours. Yeah, and then it came around and that, later. that's where, like, a little red flag kind of popped up was like why has your story changed Mm -hmm. and he said when someone is stressing you out so much you eventually get a warped sense of reality Mm -hmm. and doesn't he always which i've never been i've never been in that situation so i can't confirm no but it does he not also say that he was uh physically assaulted as well he is hit isn't he whilst he's in police custody which obviously the reason there's a reason why torture uh, it cannot be used as uh, as a way of extracting a confession or evidence because if you if you apply too much pressure on someone, they will say what needs to be said to stop the problems happening again. So if you if you're beating them up, if you like, I don't know, uh, we, we we if you if you torture someone enough, saying, "Oh, tell me the names, tell me the names, tell me the names," eventually they'll just give you any old fucking names just to get you to stop. Yeah, exactly. He just wanted to get out of there. So. If- yeah, he just wants to get out of this situation. He wants to get out. He's told them what he knows. He's told them the truth, and it's not good enough for them. So they've kept pressing him and pressing him and pressing him and leading him down a path to the point where he then says exactly what they want him to say. And they go, oh, brilliant. Thank you very much. That's all you needed to say. It reminds me of um, Brendan Dassey from How to Make a Murderer. You know, the nephew of... Um, I forget what the, the dude's name. But uh, he's like... He's he, the young nephew... He has some sort of learning disabilities. He's not very um, quick. He's very, very slow and doesn't really understand a lot. And the police come to him while he's at school. And they're asking him questions about his um, uh, his uncle and the, the murder of um, this this journalist lady. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And like, he's on his own. You have seen it, right? Her making a murderer? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen it. Okay, right. In that case, what I'm going to do, I'm going to stop right here, and we are going to do a Making the Murder episode. We, I'm going to get you to watch it again. I'm going to watch it. Right. And then we're going to talk about that one in depth, because it, and then and then we'll hark back to this and go, oh, yeah, I remind, it reminds me of that. Yeah, watch it, and we'll talk about that. So look forward to that one in the future, guys. We'll have a, yeah, Making a Murderer. We'll do. It's a bit old school now, but we'll talk about that again, because there are actually updates going on about that. But anyway, yeah, if you, yeah, if you pressurise someone too much, they will start to say things that may not be true, but to make you shut up. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I got his point of view on that as well, considering he is an unsociable person, so he didn't really want to be in this situation anyway. Well, who does? Yeah, and I and I believe it even more because Amanda still talks to him. Yeah. Yeah, she still talks to him today, like, doesn't she? They're not together anymore. Yeah. They're still friends. No, but they still, they still catch up and stuff, yeah. which makes me believe that he said to her, you know, this is what happened. I'm really, really sorry. Da, da, da. I didn't mean it. And then she, she, she must believe him because of obviously what happened to her. She even describes when she's in custody that she is smacked around the back of the head repeatedly. Yeah, very, very brutal. And then I think the prosecution. This is one of the worst things they did. They told Amanda that she was HIV positive, mm. despite her mm-hmm. not being HIV positive. I, I cannot, for the life of me, understand the. The rationality behind it. I don't understand how that helps. They were just trying to mentally fuck her up, I think. Yeah. Saying, like, you're not going to have kids. Like, you are... Because everyone became fixated that she was this, like, sexual deviant sex dominatrix. 
So I get maybe it sold more papers, but they wanted her to believe it as well that she was this dominatrix. When in reality, she says at the end, she's only slept with seven men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Like that. So they managed whilst she was writing a diary while she was in custody the whole time, and then yeah, the prosecutors told her that they'd done the run her blood uh, with a test, and turns out she has AIDS. And then she started writing down her ex-lovers that she's had over the years. And I assume that's what to maybe contact them or find out which one it might have been. And then somehow our journalist, Mr. Pisa, gets that diary out of the prison and he gets his hands on it. And he fucking releases releases it. it in the public via the newspaper. And he runs the story that says that she has AIDS. Now, and then he's he's asked on the documentary by the camera crew, how did you get the diary? And he goes, oh, I can't give up my sources. Yeah, I can understand. If it's in the prison, it's obviously going to be one of the guards. Yeah, yeah I can understand that. You've got to protect your sources and that. But obviously they, they run the story that she apparently has AIDS. And then obviously it comes out later on that she doesn't have AIDS. And then he starts basically complaining, saying, oh, I used to have... And then I got people having a go at me, saying, oh, why are you running this story when it's clearly not true? And he was saying, well, I have to write something and you lot are the ones who keep logging on every day looking for updates and stuff. And I thought to myself, yeah, they want updates, but they want the truth. Exactly. They, he just didn't care whether Amanda's life he couldn't was give a ruined. shit. He was only interested in his own personal gain. He didn't care about the story. He cared about how the story could help him. Yeah, exactly. Absolute cuntbag. Really did not like him. Proper yeah. smarmy git. Yeah, absolute piece of shit there. Really was not good. And I'm not I'm not happy about that as uh, I I'm sure there are loads of journalists out there that don't think the same, but if 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 all of them have even just like a piece of Nick Pisa, I'd be like, "Can you please get rid of that now?" Because like you surely you have a duty to not only tell the truth, but you know, uh, report a story but tell the truth more so than anything. You know, make yeah. sure that the thing you are telling me is actually true. Yeah, I mean, I'm going into journalism as of September, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, make sure you don't don't be a Nick Pisa. Now you've got a no, like I'm reference gonna... as to who not to be. Like, I mean, I'd I'd never I'd rather be unemployed than work for the Sun or Daily Mail anyway. So. I have to work in their building on Friday. Just shit on the floor a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on their escalator, so um, if it just breaks and I don't know, then we know why. <laughs> you just did not do a good job. I didn't do a good job, and maybe I left something off. <laughs> <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So then the prosecution say they have a big breakthrough in the case. They find a knife at Raphael's apartment that had Amanda's DNA on the handle and Mm. Meredith's DNA on the blade. And that obviously is a big, why the fuck is Meredith's DNA on the blade of a knife in Raphael's I, I mean, it got me, and I was watching it, and I was, I'm was i fully in Amanda's camp this whole time. Amanda and Raphael, I'm fully in their camp. Like, yeah, they're same. innocent. This is all just going wrong for them. The police are a piece of shit. And then they went, and then we have a knife with Amanda's DNA on it and the handle and Meredith's DNA on the blade. And I thought, hmm, I'm really yeah, not sure how I'm going to get out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the bit... The, the, the bit before that, they were like, oh, it's got Amanda's DNA on it. I was like, well, of course it fucking's got Amanda's DNA on it. It's her boyfriend's place. She's probably been over there and they've been cooking together. Like, there's yeah. perfectly good reason for why it's there. But then it was like, oh, and then Meredith's DNA was like, ah, oh, okay, I'm not sure I'm going to get out of this one. Yeah, because she would not have been touching the blade of a knife at Amanda's boyfriend's apartment. No. Um, but more, more so than anything, I'm, I'm really surprised they did go with DNA full stop. Um, this is 2007. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it was brilliant back then, but um, it's not like what it is today. But then they did more DNA around Meredith's room as well, and they found Raphael's DNA on a, 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 a bra clasp, like the clips that hold the bra together. They found his DNA on that, which, again, I was like, oh, that's a bit suspicious. Uh, has he been rifling yeah. through her drawers or something? But they found that, I believe, 50... It was either 30 or 50 days after the murder. Yeah, yeah. Which made uh, me think, why are you finding evidence that long afterwards? Surely you did a massive sweep of this apartment. Yeah. Well, the these bits of evidence are key to what initially get them sentenced. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, it's just... Amanda and Raphael, they've got evidence of DNA on the blade, so they have a murder weapon, apparently, even though it seems that the DNA of Emeritus is just the tiniest piece of speck of DNA, and it's not enough to be blood. And even if you were to clean it, you can't get that much DNA off of it. Mm. Um, So we've got a knife, and we've got Raphael's um, DNA on the bra clasp, and we've also got the fact that Amanda... um, could internally hear screaming apparently and that's enough apparently that's enough to go on it and get her convicted yeah and she also uses the name patrick lumumba who is her employer of course yeah so this is a big this is a big twist yeah he sent her a text on the night of the murder saying you don't have to come into work you can have the night off and she sends one it's in italian so obviously i couldn't read it but she sent one back saying Okay, awesome. See you soon. Something along those lines. Yeah, I think you're right, right with that one. And the police interpreted that as okay, like you. They interpreted it that she was saying Patrick was involved in the murder. Mm. Yeah, and herself, and that they were going to yeah. meet up afterwards to do the murder. Yeah, which, which I don't Patrick understand. So Patrick was quickly arrested, but he was quickly released because he had a solid alibi. He did, yeah. Which would have then made you think twice about Amanda's response to that text. Because she did Mm. try to explain to them how it was supposed to come across as. See you soon means I'll see you 
another time doesn't mean soon as in the next couple of hours uh, Amanda exactly. Amanda was actually yeah supposed to be working that night and then out of nowhere literally hours before he texts her saying oh don't worry don't bother I don't need you and then she's like okay brilliant fine whatever see you soon and then she went straight to Raphael's so how could she have planned the murder to happen that night when she assumed she'd be working anyway and she'd not yeah. called in sick or anything beforehand so she had full, full intentions to go to work and then when, when told not to go to work she went to Raphael's. That that's how the evening played out. If if we are to believe Amanda side, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he did have a solid alibi, which came three weeks after his arrest initially, which mm. is a very long time to find yourself an alibi unless he's not been able to talk to anyone, which I wouldn't be surprised at. Um, mm. So he's at work. He has an alibi. And yet we're still just chasing Amanda and Raphael with very, very minimal DNA, and then the DNA comes up with someone else. Yeah, a third man was involved, and his name was—is it uh, Guid? Rudy, Rudy Herman Guid Guida? Guida, I think it is. No, nah. Rudy Guida. Now, Rudy Guida is known to the police, isn't he? He is known for, to be a um, a prolific. He, he... Burglar. House burglar. He breaks and enters. Yeah, he's prolific for breaking and entering and burglary of houses around the area. So he's known for breaking and into places, which is a bit of a violent act itself. Right after the murder, he fled the country. Yeah, he's, he's not in the country. So his DNA is quite literally all over the room where oh, Meredith was found. Everywhere. Every fucking everywhere. corner of it, he is in it. And then he fled the country literally hours after she was found dead. And, and apparently got, that's yeah, not suspicious enough. Fucking weird. He says he was with Meredith. He went to the toilet. He yep. heard screaming. He came out to find a man, but couldn't see who it was. Mm. The man then ran out. And originally, Rudy says Amanda was not there. She had nothing to do with it. That's right, yeah. Because obviously he was out of the country. So I had to get a Skype call, didn't they? I had to get a friend of yeah, his. Yeah, they had to get a friend to do it. That's right. And yeah, so that was that's a bit baffled me. So he met Meredith the night before her death. And they they spoke, they chatted. I assume they got on quite well, because he then yeah. went back to the the apartment the next day, which is the day that she would be found dead, uh, the day yeah. that she would die. Sorry, murder. Yeah, yeah. And so he says, as you put it, um, you know, but they were they were fooling around. Um, apparently, they didn't have sex because they didn't have a condom. Yeah. Um, but then he went to the toilet, which you know that's where the shit comes from. Yeah. That's definitely where that came from. So he, he had a shit, and then he says he saw the silhouette of a man in Meredith's bedroom, and then the yeah, man ran out the house. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, why did the man not attack you as well? Exactly. And why did you see the body and then just leave? Oh, not even. Not only that, he says that he went over to Meredith's body, she died in his arms, he was covered in her blood, he got scared, he ran away, fled the country. Yeah. Uh, that makes perfect sense, really apparently. Not add up. Sorry, but when you've got Amanda, who, uh, you know, maybe is doing cartwheels and holding her head in her hands, that that's not normal behaviour, but Rudy fleeing the country is, apparently, to Mr. Giuliano. Yeah. And then in court, because he gets a fast-track case, Yeah. in court he changes his story to say that Amanda is there. 
However, Rudy's DNA is fucking everywhere, so he's found guilty and he's sentenced to 30 years in prison. Mm, it's absolutely crazy. 30 years. And it says here, as of 2019, he's now serving a 16-year prison sentence, so I think it might have been reduced. Probably for good behaviour of sorts, maybe. Yeah. Um. Mm, yeah, that's crazy. Also, his defence attorney... Uh, comes out with one of the fucking biggest fucking cusses of America ever when he was saying oh yeah he was saying like uh, America's law system Americans having a go at our law system this system has been in place since 1308 when we were drawing up laws in 1308 Americans were drawing oxes in caves and I was like oh that's the biggest yeah. flex in the world that is a burn because it did turn into like an America versus Italy kind of oh, war. They even showed a clip of Trump saying, I think everyone should boycott Italy. Yeah, which is just classic Trump, isn't it? Where the fuck did that come from? It's like, I think the president should do something. I think all Americans should boycott Italy. Brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. what we should do. Mental. Um, but the Italians were generally fixated on the fact that she was guilty. Oh, they're, they're the obsessed Americans with it. thought not guilty. Well, of course they would. It's their own. It's their own, isn't it? It's one of their own. Yeah, they can't. They don't want to believe that that kind of that, that that person could do that. And what interests me is the British didn't really get involved, despite it being an English person who died. Well, the documentary doesn't show the British being that involved, but I do remember it being on the news quite a bit. I think it was a worldwide story, but I think our government generally stayed clear. Mm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, um, where were we? Yes, um, Rudy. Well, Rudy's now been put away in prison very, very quickly. But as Nick Pisa said, and the documentary does the same thing, no one gave a shit about him. Literally, as, as, as yeah, quick no as Rudy Guida came up on the screen, he was, yeah, his DNA was in the room. Yeah, he met her. Yeah, he was with her the day she died. Um, oh, yeah, he's been captured and he's been sentenced for his part in the murder. And we've just forgotten about him now. It's all back to Amanda. We've not gone over yeah, the fact that, that it could have just been Rudy on his own who's done the murder. Someone who has got previous with breaking and entering. The window was clearly broken. The door was locked from the inside. And the man's person, whoever did it, has got out the window. We're not going to go for the burglarer who knows how to do it. Do that. We're going to go for the woman who has no DNA or anything like that linking her to the murder. Yeah, it, it really didn't make any sense. So then we get on to her first trial. Yeah. Uh, this was 1.5 years after the murder. Uh-huh. So she had to wait a long time. Uh, and the trial went on for generally half a year because the verdict day was two years after the murder. Mm. So that was, must have been mental fucking t- turmoil for her. Yeah, it's an awful long time. And naturally, because of the DNA on the knife and the general consensus around Italy that Amanda was guilty, she was sentenced to 26 years in jail Absolutely and bizarre. Raphael was sentenced to 25. That's crazy, isn't it? And I would have, I mean, if I would have absolutely broken down in tears if I was her as well. Yeah, she, she handled it fairly well. Mm. But yeah, she went to jail. Yeah, she even, she even said like, I'm going to not be going home until I'm in my 50s. Yeah, and at which point your both of your life is gone. Yeah. So yeah. it's very upsetting. Uh, and she's there for, I believe, two years? Uh, three years, and then an appeal got approved. That's right. Um, and they appeal based on DNA evidence yeah. found 
on particular the knife. Yeah, Stefano Conti, an independent crime investigator, was brought in to re-examine. He says the crime scene was not kept sterile after the murder, which is true. The original investigation team waltzed in, they moved things around, they wore the same boots, they didn't change their gloves, they really contaminated the evidence. Yeah, you can even see the video. Um, there's loads of video footage of the police sort of just storming into the uh, into the apartment. There's even one bit of the uh, a female officer kick, yeah. trying to kick the door in. She's not kicking the glass in. Yeah, like, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, um, what you I'm sure you can that? find a key to the place. So the re-examining the police. of the uh, bra clasp says that it had more male. It had two more male DNA on it that wasn't Raphael's and that was not included in the original investigation they just ignored that no and the DNA of Meredith on the knife was so small that it was almost beyond a doubt that it had been contaminated because of the way they examined it in a place where yeah. all of her other like items were yeah so that was a really huge revelation to that whole appeals case it's the independent expert does say in the documentary Whenever we come across an item when looking for DNA, if that DNA that we find on there is so minuscule, like the one we found of Meredith's on that on that blade, we we would just assume that it has come down to cross contamination and then it cannot be used. Yeah. And 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 then it, she did she did then check herself. She went to the other person who was doing the initial testing and said, um, "How have you been doing the Meredith stuff? Uh, have you been?" keeping the Meredith and the the Amanda stuff all separate and she was like no we've been doing like about 50 of uh, Meredith's items all together and it's like yeah. okay yeah we see the problem here all the DNA is pretty much shot now yeah they, they and it gets thrown out themselves. it has to get thrown out there's no other way and also mm-hmm. another big thing is there is zero trace of Amanda in the room where Meredith's murdered there's not a single bit of her DNA in that room no there isn't is there which is odd because like she lived with her and yeah. yeah, it's almost like she never stepped foot in that room. Exactly. So, and also, if she'd slashed her throat in there or was having sex games in there, her DNA would be all over that place. Oh yeah, all over. Absolutely. Um, and and also the other independent expert, the male guy who you did mention, he says how easy it is to actually leave DNA traces. Like if you just brush your arm over something, it leaves a DNA trace. So yeah. the fact that they couldn't find any of her DNA in that room just yeah clearly shows she's never once stepped in that room. Yeah. Which makes sense. They weren't that close friends. No, no. And then it goes, and then you think, well, how on earth could the police have ever, th- like, gone through with this case? There is nothing here. You've got the guy who did it. Yeah. But I think the original investigators were so fixated that Amanda did it, they were not going to let anything else happen. They had to. No. And he still believes, uh, Guiliano still believes that. <laughs> she is 100% guilty and I think he, oh, he has to he dies. yeah he has to because he's put all his eggs in one basket and he's not going to back down and show that he's wrong he, he says at the end that if they are innocent he hopes they can move on and forget but if they're guilty there is a final trial coming at the end of life where you Which don't get a... any appeals yeah man when he said that I was like you're such a fucking asshole. Yeah. you do not he could not give a shit about what he put her and Raphael through. He could no. not give a shit about that. All he's interested in is how he is being perceived. He's like, I, well, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Okay, if the evidence didn't show, it doesn't mean I'm not wrong. No, it does mean you're wrong. It means you've made the evidence bend to your will. There was no evidence at all to suggest that she had murdered her flatmate. And yet, 
you decided to pursue it even more and you went hum, ha, you went hand fisted into it even uh pushing Raphael to make a false confession and yet you've got the cheek to say well if they are guilty there will be one final trial at the end of their life and there's nothing you could do about that one because god knows everything and it's like right no if anything you're going to go up there and mr god will say hello mr giuliano you were doing absolutely fine until you tried to convince the whole entire world that an innocent lady had done something absolutely heinous and for that reason you're going to have to go down to the dark place and he's like no that's definitely yeah. what's going to happen yeah absolutely he, he's really made a rod for his own back so four years uh, after the murder it's a meal appeal verdict day and good news for amanda and Raphael, they both get acquitted and the immediate release is ordered and the italians generally did not take this very well yeah i can't understand that there was big crowds screaming saying oh this is awful that we need another retrial we'll take it to supreme court the italians really wanted them to be guilty they really did, didn't they? All screaming shame, like it was a Game of Thrones episode. Yeah. Um, which I can't understand that. I don't know why. Because it's not even like it was um, an Italian citizen that was killed. So it's not like they have an affinity with the victim, maybe. But more so, I suppose, it's for the Italian justice system that they're trying to defend. Yeah, I think it became a big Italy versus America thing, didn't it? Italy versus the world. Yeah. Um, Which, they really backed the wrong horse. They really did. They do have a history of doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very true. Um, but yeah, so uh, Amanda is straight out. She's on the first flight back to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, she goes home. She Which goes I home. I thought, this is the end. I thought, great, that's it. But it's not the end. No, it's not. Because um, six years she's obviously after the murder. Well, before you're going to go to the um, the other appeal, aren't you? Yeah. Well, before we go there, I want to talk quickly about again the piece of shit that are the press and the way oh, they like behave. Hounding her. Absolutely hounding her, and and oh, the, oh, I could not. I I really. I was how Amanda's dad managed to stand there yeah. and not fucking punch the fucking face off of this journalist who stood in yeah. front of him outside his own house and was like um so what do you plan on doing he's like oh we're just gonna we want to hold up uh sort of basically wait for it to all blow over and calm down and get back, back basically get back on with our lives and he's like well uh, would you are you not going to do anything then he's like sorry i don't know what you mean and he's like well you know the longer you wait even like in a month or so's time, you're not going to make so much money out of this stuff. Yeah. He went, "Was it, it, sorry? I'm not. I'm not following. What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, Amanda won't be such a um a hot property." Yeah. And he's like, "I don't look at my daughter's hot property." And it's like, I can't, the barefaced <laughs> cheek of that journalist to fucking stand in front of that man in front of his own home and say that about his own daughter, and he. Yeah. Oh, he's so lucky he didn't get a smack in the mouth for that. Honestly, yeah. he must. That dad has got to have like a gold medal for restraint. He definitely went back into that house and punched a pillow or something. Yeah. And was like, oh, I have to just get this out because that would fucking wound me the fuck up. That would yeah, that, that wound me up, and I have no fucking horse in this race, you know. And that pissed me right off that he even had the cheek to say that. Yeah, yeah that that was really really bad. They really wouldn't let it get on with their life. 
No, so I really six wouldn't. Six years after the murder, which is two years after the appeal where she got acquitted, an Italian court overrules that acquittal and finds them both guilty again. And that's appealed to Italy's Supreme Court. And this was all based on circumstantial evidence, like Amanda's behaviour at the time. Which oh, is yeah, I can't original, even believe that this happened. Which is what the original investigation was all about, wasn't it? About her behaviour and stuff like that and how she yeah. reacted in uh, interrogations. But thankfully, yeah. uh, sa- sanity won out and they got acquitted again because the evidence is just, it's not, it does not point to the fact that she did it. No, I mean, what what happened here was they had a case based on very minimal evidence that, again, itself was practically circumstantial. Uh, that got them uh, a sentence. And then they looked at it again and went, oh, wait, no, we fucked up here. It turns out we've got one, no evidence, no DNA, no nothing here. We've got one guy who we can definitively prove was around at this point, And that makes sense. And then they've gone, no, wait, 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 no. Uh, ignore the actual evidence that you had that we fucked up. Uh, she she had a she did start doing cartwheels the day after and start kissing her boyfriend the day after. So it's definitely that she's fucking guilty. And then the Supreme Court went, "You're having a joke, in yeah?" And they went, "No." And he was like, "Right, okay, now this is not happening. Sorry, no, she's innocent." <laughs> yeah. Uh, the euphoria on that girl's face, man, and she's ringing up Raphael, being like, oh my god, I'm so happy for you, I'm so happy for us, like, we're free now, this is it, we don't have to worry about it again. Yeah, yeah man, I felt them, I felt for them. Yeah, it was quite emotional. They'd been through hell. Really had, really had. And, like, Raphael um, does explain how he really did suffer with mental health issues during this they whole process. They in solitary confinement for six months. Which is insane. Like why? Why did they do that? As being completely alone for six months. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy the way that they treated him. Um, It doesn't say how she's treated in prison, but he does go into it a little bit. And he did really struggle with depression and mental health issues. And he does go back home, doesn't he? He goes back home to the south of Italy, where he's originally from. um, And he's just trying to get on with his life. And he does say, "I am spotted quite often now and then, and it's not really what I want. I just want to crack on." being me on my yeah. own just try and get on with your life because luckily they are still relatively young yeah yeah i mean they're what 30 now i think 30. amanda's are. 32 now that's right um and she she's doing okay now she's a podcaster an author um yeah she she uh a pod- she has a podcast about um trials where people were found guilty when they weren't oh that's very good i might have to have a look Which at that I, I might i might have a listen to those mm because yeah, she's, she's quite author, a good storyteller. She, yeah, she's very good. She, I imagine her book's very good, and she also helps uh, people who have been wrongly convicted. She like campaigns for them. Yeah, that's right. And Raphael now, every, uh, now and then appears as quote an expert um, for forensic cases or something like that. Yeah, which I uh, he's just a face in it. Yeah, I suppose that's all it is really. Um, and so that's how the documentary ends. Yeah, literally. It, it, the entire thing was just a massive witch hunt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Donald but, Trump doesn't know what witch hunt is. <laughs> no. Uh, that, he needs to watch that documentary. That is a witch hunt. And that was absolutely fucking awful. And the police, and the fact that he, oh, our man Giuliano got promoted after this. Yeah, he's now like lead prosecutor or something. Oh, it's absolutely appalling. 
Uh, it's like when that uh, the Italian defence attorney then was like, well, in 1308, we were writing laws in this. How can you ever question the way we do things? It was like, right, I'm sorry. Just because you were writing laws a lot longer than everyone else doesn't mean you're better than it than everyone else. Yeah, if anything, that means your laws are outdated. Yeah, yeah potentially, yeah. It makes them draconian. You know, you need to update them probably, you know. Um, and they definitely need... Well, I, I don't know what they're like now, but at that time, yeah, definitely everything needed to be updated more and things needed to be done better. Which makes me yeah. go, thank God I'm not... Thank God I've never been arrested abroad. And if I was ever yeah. to be arrested abroad, I'd be like, please, can I be extradited back home and I'll, I'll do the trial there. Get get yeah. get my net, get my British police in on that. Because even uh, with the Maddie McCann case, they got the British police back straight in on that. And they were like, no, we don't trust the way you guys are handling it. We're getting the British guys on it. Yeah, foreign police just don't seem very good, do they? Oh, uh, generally. Yeah, European Mediterranean police uh, don't don't at us it just seems to be every bloody documentary that involves your police it doesn't go down very well no very they just waltz onto crime scenes and just fucking destroy them oh god yeah um, we're, we're gonna talk about um at one point uh john benet ramsey because that is a fucking minefield and that also involves cops who are just bumbling around fucking up crime scenes left right and center mm. Um, so we'll look at that as well on Sunday. So, right, your your sort of overall thoughts. Give us a summary. What are you thinking? Uh, the my verdict is it was Rudy alone. I think it was a burglary gone wrong, uh, which he raped her and then killed her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the the media were absolute shit houses through the entire thing. Some of the headlines were absolutely disgraceful, and the Italian police, the original prosecution were a real they they really fucked it they walked onto a crime scene they destroyed evidence they became fixated that amanda did it and pointed all their evidence towards that fact and thank god for the uh, other investigators who stepped in and said no this is what the evidence actually says so yeah i, I actually got well, i'm fully behind amanda Knox. she says at the beginning you either believe i did it or you believe i don't and to me i don't understand how people can believe she did it yeah, I'm with you. There is absolutely nothing that suggests that she did do it. And if she did, fucking, she did a great job of making it look like she didn't. Oh yeah, she's she's I don't know the how to get away with murder. She should write a book on it. Mm. The um, thing she says at the start is very um quite intense, isn't it? Where she's like, you either believe I did it, which means I'm a monster, or you believe I didn't, which means I'm you, and both are scary. Yeah, because of the way that you treated her. And it's like, you're able to treat someone such as yourself like that. Yeah. Really, really well put What's together. Uh, so I'm, I'm very much of the same opinion as yours. I, could, I couldn't really agree anymore. Um, I think their man, Rudy, is the guy who did it fully alone. Um, I think because he met up with Meredith the day before. He's very um, adamant about that. He did meet her. He knew or knows of her. Even Amanda has seen him. She did say, she's like, I've seen him in the apartment. I know him. So he has been to the apartment yeah. the day before, clearly. Uh, and then I think basically what that was is almost he was scoping out the place. He knows who's in it. He knows it's just two students who are abroad. So he's going to use the yeah. opportunity to get in. Uh, I think you're right. It's a burglary gone wrong. Uh, the only thing that does cocking still even now, I'm like, really? I can't believe that happened, is the fact that there is a dump sat in that toilet and I, the idea that he's used it either afterwards or before the murder. And forgot to flush. And forgot to flush. Which makes me think, that is cold, isn't it? 
Like, mm. before the murder, if it's before the murder, Meredith damn well knows he's in the, in the, in the, in the building. Yeah. So she must have invited him in somehow, which is what he says. He says he was invited into the house. And if it's... Thinking about it, I've, he did it afterwards, surely. Yeah, that's what I mean. If he's done it afterwards, you're like, fuck me, this dude is cold as ice because he's like murdered someone. She's strewn all over the bu- the bedroom floor, absolutely covered in blood. And then he's gone into the bathroom, clearly, to wash himself down, which it would explain yeah. why there is blood on the sink and there is blood on that uh, bath mat. But then he's gone, yeah. I really need a shit. <laughs> yeah, and just takes a shit and then forgets to flush, just leaving a massive pile of DNA just right there. M- literally a massive pile of DNA sat right there. No one ever talks about that. No, I don't think he's very bright. To be fair, no, no. So I, I, I'm, I'm adamant. It is, it is Rudy uh, solely the man who murdered Meredith. Um, Absolutely, and I'm, I'm very glad that Amanda and Raphael have managed to move on. I looked at uh, Amanda's Instagram, and she's got a husband, and she's got a good job. So, oh, that's good. That's good. It's going well for her. That's good. And also, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. You know how people are doing this, uh, what, what uh, like send a picture of when you were twenty challenge. Oh, okay, yeah. She put she put one on Instagram, being like, "This is me, age twenty, on my way to Perugia." Oof. And I thought, oh, oof. That's a fucking. That's brave. Oh yeah, I might have to check that. Check that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, very brave of her. Yeah. Finally, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Same about the press. Absolute fucking piece of shit. The way they behaved, and they do even to this day with Caroline Flack and other people. Yeah, the press are awful, but it's not all press. I feel we should say that it's tabloids, big headlines. Yeah, sensationalist tabloids and he- sensationalist headlines yeah. that just are, they're not interested in the they're facts. They're just there to sell papers. They don't give a fuck about anything Absolutely. else. Absolutely, literally. Um, yeah. But yeah, fantastic documentary. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Definitely check it out. It's, yeah, Amanda Knox on Amazon. At uh, Amazon, what we're talking Netflix. about. That's a rival. Yeah. Can't talk about the rivals. Well, it's on UK Netflix. Whether it's on the other nationalities, I don't know. And if it's not, just get a VPN and then you can say that you are from the UK exactly. and then you'll get it. That's what we all want. So yeah. I changed my... I, I used a VPN once. I think it was like a year ago. And they had um, Avengers Endgame on there. And I changed... So I changed my VPN to like a US server and they had Avengers Endgame on Netflix. And I was like, what the fuck? Really this good. has changed my world. Australia's used to be really, really good. Is that right? Mm. The only thing I can't be asked for VPNs is because generally I use Netflix... I don't really use, I have a laptop, but I don't really use my laptop very often. I literally only use it for podcasting now and writing the scripts for the podcast. Yeah. But for the most part, I only browse using my mobile phone and my PlayStation uh, for Netflix and stuff. I can't be asked to use VPNs, log on to VPNs yeah, and sort of that. I can't be doing that. If you can figure out a way of making a VPN work without me necessarily have to use it, yeah. I'll absolutely bloody buy it and we'll get a VPN. I've- Nord VPN, please sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I've got Netflix, Amazon, and Disney Plus now, so basically got fucking everything. Yeah, I've got I've got them all as well. Uh, my subscriptions, uh, honestly, subscriptions is the new thing. You think you've got loads of money, and you go, "Oh, it's only seven ninety nine. Yeah, no, it's not. It's about fifty pound in subscriptions you've got there. Yeah, literally. Which is why I got rid of my gym because it's not important. Brilliant. <laughs> so you're paying you're paying more. To sit on your ass and do fuck all. Absolutely. The way I like it. <laughs> Recently been re-watching all the Pirates of the Caribbean on Disney+. Plus. It's been great. Excellent choice. I'm going through The Simpsons at the moment oh, for season nice. one on. Fucking hell, that's going to yeah, take ages. Yeah. 
it's it's going to take a long time, but I'm 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 on season two at the moment. Nice. So yeah, we're getting there slowly. There's just so much to watch, and I'm unfortunately I'm still working, so I'm like I don't have all the time in the world to watch everything and binge. I'm not, so I can just binge all day. Hmm. Um. But yeah, that was Amanda Knox. Okay, Amanda Knox, brilliant. Who's Love that. Week? Check out the documentary. Next week, this is good because obviously this would have been episode four and we would have recorded it a month ago and we'd say, we don't know who we have next week yeah. because we're not here. Um, but we're not doing that at the moment. So I can tell you who next week is. Next week is my good person. We are talking about uh, a guy, an ancient Greek, very, very old, called Diogenes. Uh, Diogenes the Cynic. Him, yeah. yeah, I mentioned him to you the other week and I was like, this dude is fucking brilliant. We've got to talk about him. So we'll be talking about Diogenes the Cynic and his very famous exchange with Alexander the Great, which look I thought was that. fucking hilarious. Yeah, look forward to that, guys. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the social medias. You can find us on Instagram at That's What People Do Podcast. Find us on Facebook, just type in at That's WPD, and it'll be the same handle for Twitter at That's WPD. Or if you have any suggestions for someone you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, just send us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Also, um, I, I, I don't know why it's taking me 41 episodes to figure this out. Uh, if you, you, if you listen to us via Apple podcasts, of course you can rate and review us. Oh yeah, please do. Um, so yeah, rate and review us. Give us I don't know whatever how many stars. I don't have a, a, an, a, an iPhone. Or Apple's I don't use our Apple most podcasts. listened to platform. It is. It is. So if you are listening to us via Apple, give us a little rate or review. Just like you know, let us know you're listening. Just click the you don't five even stars. doesn't even have to be much. Click five stars. You don't even have to comment if you don't want to. Just click five stars. And if you do want to comment, just I don't know, say we're both a piece of shit. And at least I know you've listened. Yeah, exactly. That's what matters, really. Or tell us how bad you thought the journalists were. If you don't like journalists, I'm sorry, journalists, if you're out there and you are a good journalist, and James, you will be a good journalist as well, but if you think journalists are pieces of shit, let us know. If you think the police force in Italy were a piece of shit, let us know. I don't know. Anyway, enough of that. Let's finish up. Absolutely. We'll see you next week where we talk about Diogenes the Cynic. Diogenes the Cynic. Look forward to it. Farewell. Bye-bye. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.